the water we pour and the words we share are a mixed experience this year. There is so much that is sweet and sad. Today is the formal start of our new year, and, and I have loved this time in all of my years as being a Unitarian Universalist. It is, it is joy. People are returning from the shift in time and schedule and place that many of us know over the summer in various ways. People are getting ready for the newness of fall and worship. And we're wondering who will join us this year? Who will come through the door again? And, and there is even, as the, as the cool of the morning kind of begins to show up again, there is even that anticipating autumn with all of its richness. I mean, we already know when the trunk or treat is happening for Halloween. I mean, really. One season is accomplished and a new one can unfold and we greet this moment with story, with song, with in-gathering. And this year is mixed. The images around water are truly complicated and complex in this moment. We have so many storms and flooding, so much flooding in recent weeks that for some of our beloved and certainly our friends and neighbors and other people in the country, is. It's reigniting previous trauma for those along the Gulf and in the Atlantic. I recently took note uh, that in Houston, for example, they have a chart, they have kind of a flooding severity chart numbered uh, in kind of oranges and reds and so on. And how they indicate that is they refer to this year's flooding, that past year's flooding, these streets, these neighborhoods, this severity, because they don't forget. And it helps to remember how bad something was so they know how to prepare for the next. There's also so much grief, and I will say shame, at what we have done to the earth and the climate that is reacting in ways that are more water and less water all over the place. And the new complexity, kind of every year as we come to the water communion, there's a new complexity that I try to keep in mind and learn more every year, that, that water is not necessarily safe or welcoming or positive uh, for some folks such as those who are of African descent, who have experienced systemic historic oppression of being excluded from pools, being excluded from water, and because they are, have been excluded, they might not swim as well, and thus the water is a risk. And that's just one tip of that information. And of course, this weekend marks the 20th anniversary of the loss of life on September 11th. Because along with, and along with our collective sorrow is recognizing how 
A million and a half or so Afghan people have died since then because of that war. This year, our theme is tears of sorrow and tears of joy in recognition of all that lives in us and around us. I think the first act, the first act is one of gentleness. The softness that can be the softness of water. The loving kindness that we can begin from and can always return to. The loving kindness that we can offer ourselves and offer to the tended, tender, wounded state of our minds and bodies and hearts that we can also offer as a base of where to move in the world, offer to our neighbors and to the world as well. We must decide how to conduct our singular and precious lives, even when so much is out of our control. And every year, I, I wonder if I need to tell this short bit of the history, where the water communion comes from. And every year, there seems to be another reason to do so. So let me offer where this comes from. That the origin of the water communion is a story itself of finding strength in complicated places. Over 40 years ago, in 1980, Unitarian Universalist women came together at the Women in Religion Conference in Michigan. And they wanted to have a voice when women who were so long being kept from being accepted as leaders in our own churches. They sought to create a ritual where all could contribute. And the participants brought water to that gathering from every corner of the country. It was as a symbol of life within each of us, no matter our gender, our age, our color, our orientation, our ability, our disability, all could come and bring. And the women left that conference and brought back that ritual of the water ceremony to the congregations at their homes. And not only did they return with that water, they also came back with a deeper charge to Unitarian Universalism to include all women and female perspectives in our understanding of scripture and who can lead the church. I'm still kind of sitting here like, this is in my lifetime that this was a question and a need. And 40 years later, we are still talking about women's bodies, are we not? Amen? And so clearly we needed to have told that story again. I know for some of us who have been in the fight for such a long time, it's like, can't, we, can't I not fight this one? Can I not? Can we have the next generation fight? I'm like, I'm here. We're here. I promise. This generation is here. And, and we need all of us to be in it together, too. Within the embrace of our beloved community, all of us are here living into our commitment to embrace freedom and love and welcome to all, to grow who we are within 
and to bring that growth out into the world. We can do our part to mend what has been torn on this earth. And in our shared values, in our, in our collective effort in Unitarian Universalism, that larger faith, that big tent that Nancy mentioned at the start of the service, we choose to gather. We freely choose to be together because we know the larger work calls us on. We give our values form and life. We know that we are greater when we are together than we when we are apart. And we know we are continuing to be adapting into what togetherness means in all the forms now. But we also know, no matter where we are, that we are part of a larger system and cycle of life. And so in this moment, we honor that larger presence and that in-gathering with our water communion. So instead of people coming forward, um, instead of people coming forward in this time, and also to allow for folks who, who were online to participate ahead of time, we asked you to write a word or phrase of what is in your mind or on your heart. And we're going to be getting ready to share those now as well. And I want to offer, um, as we begin the water communion itself, that we have an opening reading be read by Amy Pop. Water makes its mark. A glass of tea sweats a circle of droplets on an old table. Drying, they pull dirt and stain from the wood, leaving a ring. Water makes its mark. Deep in the earth, in a cave, a drop falls each minute. Where it lands, a great pillar of white rock has grown up. Water makes its mark. On the surface above, a stream burbles and flows, carving out potholes in the granite of its bed. Water makes its mark. Along a highway cut, a geologist points out the layers of tan slate, each penny-thin sheet, the memory of a torrential rainstorm eons ago. Water makes its mark. In its network of veins, the blood, salty like the seawater from which we sprung, flows on in cycles, giving life. Water makes its mark. The dark clouds pass on, yielding no rain. Crops wither and drought comes. Famine, migration, violence, and death soon follow. Water makes its mark. A space probe turns its camera toward whence it came, imaging one solitary pixel of light, its color the pale blue of oceans. Water makes its mark. A solitary tear slides down the cheek, a tear of abiding joy a tear of unending grief. We see 
and share the depth of feeling at its true core. Water makes its mark.